Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Tune in to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn you into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. 
So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. 
you. Thank you so much. Welcome, Naima Latifah, our executive producer of The Female Solution. And we were waiting on a guest, but um, she has not arrived yet. Yeah, she, so, she, she's um, on the way. Uh, I'll make sure yeah. that she, she uh, found the link. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, that's I, I fine. talked to her this morning, so I know she's uh, okay. on the way. Okay. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So we, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to chat until that time. Yeah. Absolutely. What I was telling my viewers and listeners that I wanted to give them some statistics, you know, because I know the blog talk that they have read that little script I put in there uh far as the statistics of suicide, mm-hmm. you know, how does it affect the United States? So that's what I'm focusing on because global is a different. Wow. It is a different, yeah, because it, it affects us globally, but I was just really focusing on the United States because those numbers are higher when it goes to globally because of different cultures believing that sacrifice Suicide is a way of, you know, satisfying the, the higher powers as be. Um, so it's, you know, we've heard of suicidal bombers and things of that nature. Um, but as far as U.S., the United States is concerned, suicide is linked to uh, depression. It's linked to more of the middle, the middle illness and also, so the rage at heart, as I call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the rage I, at heart. Yeah, I might need to step away just one moment and just make okay. sure that our guests can connect. Okay, no problem. Um, so let me go ahead and give you some statistics on that. Um, again, as I was saying, that suicide ranks number 11 number 11 in the leading causes of death is at its highest rate in white males. It's at its highest rate in white males. And males are more subject to suicide than females, women, you know. Um, And because men are more emotional, I know that may be hard to believe because we always think of emotions as crying, you know, things like that, but emotions can also go other directions, such as extreme anger and rage, and those areas a person can literally lose their uh, perspective of life when they get into an area of rage. Rage then blinds the human mind, and they literally are not present mentally. So they would do things out of malice, out of their pain, and not actually think about, okay, oh my goodness, what am I doing before they do it? It's always after the fact. Um, And we've seen this many, many times before. We've seen, uh, we've heard about, you know, serial killings where a man would take a gun and he would, uh, you know, use that gun against himself and his family. And remember, that person loved this, these people. So what happened? How did he or she even get to that level, you know, 
in their minds where they no longer value life. It's very interesting, the human mind, when it's under pressure. Pressure breaks the pipes. That's why stress kills and destroys the human being. When we're under massive amounts of pressure, we cannot think, we get mind fog, we feel that we are disconnected with ourselves and even with the world. And we get in a place where we cannot control ourselves or anything that we feel in that moment. So it is very prevalent that it just seems like the right thing to do to that person because they are in a place where they can't see out. It's almost like being in a tunnel. And if you're in this tunnel, there's no other, it's like this. Everything is closed off. All the thoughts that you're thinking are just pivotal on just the pain. There's nothing else outside. And the pain comes from different thoughts, different situations, different circumstances. It can happen from years ago to now. And it just keeps building and building and building until you literally start again to break down mentally first, emotionally second, and then spiritually. And then, of course, the last result is physically. So it is a process. And, you know, I think it's a process over a period of time. I do not think it's something right in the moment. I think a person ponders on it for a period of time before they do it. Um, And they don't weigh their options because they don't look at options. They only are focused on the have-not. They're not focused on the have because if they were, that would save their lives. Um, Statistically, I want to give you some of the statistics so that we can get a really good understanding of what happens. And this is according to the CDC, not just me. I like to keep things, you know, according to uh, the, the guidelines, according to the guidelines. Okay. All right. Shall I let you back on? Yes, I believe uh, okay, and I believe sure. our guest is on as well. Okay. All right. I think she's having um, some difficulties connecting, so I'll let her keep trying. Again, suicide is the 11th leading cause of the U.S. in since 2021. Um, 48 up to since 2021. Now, they have not done the statistics for 23 yet. This was just since 21. Uh, It was 48,183 deaths. And in 
2021, there was an estimated of 1.770 million attempts. Wow. Wow. Suicide attempts, which did not go forth, but was interrupted by something. By some person, uh, you know, they probably attempted to try, but it did not work. And the age adjusted suicide rate in 
we're not born mentally ill. So life happens. Mm. Now, we do, we do have genetic um, connections such as schizophrenia, you know, uh, those areas, schizoaffective, certain type of mental illnesses do have a genetic uh, transfer. Um, but depression, if your mother was depressed, grandfather, grandmother, that doesn't mean that you would be depressed as well. Mm. If, well it means that if, that if your mother is carrying you into utero and she's feeling depressed, when you are born, you will be more emotional than most. Wow. We call it um, emotionally sensitive. Because okay. you're you're affected by your mother's emotions in the womb. I think our I think our guest is backstage as well. I believe. I don't. Yeah, she's don't her picture it? hasn't popped up yet. Um, oh, it says okay. device is not connected. I don't. I don't see her picture. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't see a, I don't see her picture unless she needs to turn on a video. Maybe. Yeah. Or. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'll, I'll text her and see if she can make sure she turns her video on, because she can hear. And yeah, see, maybe but she, 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 she. But you can't. Right. Yeah, she probably can hear us, but um, I can't. I can't. I don't have a picture yet. So. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll we'll, we'll keep working at it. <laughs> So uh, think, okay. uh, by, by the break, we'll have her on. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, yes, I, I think of a lot of women who went through serious depression during pregnancy. And so would you say if you are if you are pregnant and more than just the usual hormonal changes, you're in a stressful situation, uh, maybe even feel like you're, you're, either your life is in danger because maybe you are, are experiencing extreme financial loss, uh, maybe homeless or or just the hostility. Maybe uh, the father of the child didn't want the child, doesn't want you anymore. I mean, all of those kinds of situations that a lot of women are going through during the time of their pregnancy. How is that affecting the developing child inside of them biologically, biochemically, where they could end up being a sad, depressed child? Well, first let me say this. Usually even a postpartum is more hormonal imbalance. If, the, if there's no external factors, I just want to make that point before answering your question. If there's no external factors like uh, environmental factors, like if they may be in a healthy environment, but they still feel depressed, the hormones that where we're carrying a child are um, sometimes interchange and they, and they affect the hormones in the brain, um, and that causes the postpartum depression as well. So just so you know, that it's not just always environment. That just adds, if the environmental factors are not at peace, it just adds to what that, that mother is feeling. You see what I'm saying? Mm. But if she she can also have postpartum depression if without anything outside of herself because of the hormone imbalance mm. um, when carrying a child. That's how it also can happen. It can also happen like that too. So again, uh, yes, uh, the baby will feel 
the baby will feel that that emotional um, that emotional area there, and uh, a lot of times the baby comes out maybe colicky. colicky. I don't know if you have ever heard of colic. Yeah, that's when they uh, cry all the time for no reason. Yeah. Yes. Is it no yes. reason? Are they in pain? Why are they crying? Because I've heard of colic, you know, where they cry, but yeah. what, what is it? I mean, years ago, uh, they would think, oh, it could just be gas, let's pack the baby or whatever. But what we found out was, just through my studies, Naima, that babies that are very uh, agitated or irritated, you know, during the first, you know, trimester of their lives, first three months. Wow. That's sometimes before the mother even knows she's pregnant. Right. Wow. Before the baby even knows, like, if, okay, normally a woman does not even know she's pregnant until she starts to conceive. Conceive, which means starts, that the womb starts to grow, she Mm -hmm. starts feeling some type of way, Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's a planned pregnancy, that means they're watching. Mm -hmm. But if it's not that, then it could be six to eight weeks of her, you know, going through all of these things that she's going through. And the baby is still being formed in the womb. And so, um, if, again, if she's under a lot of emotional pressure, you know what I'm saying, stress, then the baby will be uh, emotionally sensitive after uh, it's born. And it, it has, um, like, it just really feels like it feels like a agitated, irritated, it cries consistently, um, you know, to the first trimester is a really rough one. You have to really keep them bundled. And there's a way to, to kind of soothe babies that are like that. Mm. Uh, because it's also with the alcohol syndrome and drug-induced uh, pregnancies, uh, far as let's say drug-induced, which means that the mother was on some type of uh, substance or whatever. You have to bundle them really tightly, like wrap them up into a swaddle cloth and uh, rock them, like you wrap them tightly and rock them, and that's when they they have to have motion for them to calm down. And usually, uh, what I've also saw in adolescents, um, as even some adults, what they find out that helps them is also with a uh, you know a heavy. Called a weighted blanket. I don't know if anyone's ever heard about that. The weighted blanket helps them to helps the anxiety and also helps the depression as well. The weighted blanket, so that um, so they'll be able to, you know, uh, feel feel comfortable, feel comfortable, and not and take a lot of that pressure, a lot of that pressure away. Yes. That's one of the things that, that concerns me with a lot of women now who are producing children. There's so much stress in our lives as women, and young women are under a tremendous amount of stress. And if the children that are being conceived during this period, this very critical first period, are feeling that, 
then that's shaping the next generation that's going to come out with a lot of emotional damage before they're even born. I, I've seen I've seen signs of it even while teaching school. There's just a lot of a lot of young mothers had children with extreme kinds of emotional reactions, and just knowing the circumstances that the mothers had the children, a lot of drama in their lives with the fathers and all of that. And we know our children tend to get diagnosed with ADHD at very high rates. But I'm thinking that a lot of the issues have to do with that early pregnancy experience. Right, yes. It does. It does. Uh, a lot of things happen uh, in before our children are born. Uh, they, we are exposed to so many different factors from our parental um, influencers. And, uh, you know, it is it is a high rate. It's a high rate, uh, you know, to that as well. So I, I want to also uh, go into, I just saw our guest come back on. I saw oh, the picture, right. but I don't know if she knew that the picture came on or not. Oh, okay. So she went back off again. Okay. Um, I think she's coming on. Oh, great. There she is. Oh, fantastic. All right. All right. I got you. Great. This was crazy. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was on virtually. I'm, I'm at home, and I'm able to access my um, uh, work uh, you know, desktop. And I went in virtually for my VPN, and that is probably why things weren't, it wasn't connected with my laptop, so I did not realize, oh. my apologies, I have wasted 30 minutes of your time. <laughs> oh, we, we, we were just prepping the audience for you, that's all. <laughs> it's okay. Time is never wasted, yeah. You know, you know how you had an opening act before the before the main event when you go to a show. So we were just opening for you. That's all. Okay, but that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All is well. All is well. Welcome, Doctor Twin Green. Welcome, welcome, welcome again, again. Absolutely, it's wonderful seeing you today. Like I say, a delay is not a denial. Okay, so we it's all right. <laughs> break, uh, but when we come back, we'll get a chance to, to introduce our guests in the upcoming event and, and talk more about how we can help those who are emotionally, mentally, psychologically disturbed so we can bring them back to mental health. So we will be right back after this quick break, and we want you all to stick and stay. Don't stray away. If you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call. 515-605-9325 and press 1 that lights your number up on our studio and lets us know you have something to say you're listening to and watching Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green and of course if you're on our YouTube and Facebook channel thank you thank you yes like and share on Facebook and YouTube make sure you subscribe so that you can get the regular notices whenever Dr. Debbie goes live so we will be right back. And, of course, again, if you are 
watching on Facebook or YouTube on Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. Make sure that you write in your comments. We can bring them up on the screen so that our listening and viewing audience can share your thoughts. And if you are listening on the switchboard, make sure you press 1 so that we know you want to participate in the conversation. And, of course, our guest today is Dr. Twin Green, and she's done some amazing things that we want to know about and definitely want to be able to uh, hear more about the upcoming event that is scheduled for the end of the month. Right. Uh, okay. And we will be right back after this break. So stay with us. What happens when a group of people are kidnapped from their homes, smuggled away in chains, and held captive in a foreign land where they are tortured, raped, and forced to perform hard labor by the lash of a whip and under the constant threat of death? Slavery, the African-American psychic trauma. What happened to the doctors, writers, scientists, builders, educators, and spiritual leaders from Africa's golden age? Who did they really capture and sell into slavery? Are all African Americans suffering from psychic trauma because of a conspiracy to hide their true identities? Do you have psychic trauma? Take the test on page 22 of the book and see. Order it online today at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com and get your personally autographed copy of the book, Slavery, the African-American Psychic Trauma. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony and the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shinsuk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? 
When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. to get uh, 
mental health services because you're depressed or because you're in pain a lot. So that association is, is, uh, is, is quite true. And we want to make sure that we're doing integrated health so we uh, coordinate primary care and behavioral health care in one setting comprehensively so our patients and our clients uh, know that they're being taken care of uh, in, from both areas. And that's so important to make sure that people have access to care, okay. but good coordinated care. And I love your top one. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I have a question as as a lay person. Absolutely. Um, we know that there's a lot of mental health issues uh, across the nation, across the world, but in the medical field, is there more than just medication? used as a remedy. I, I tend to find that when somebody's got a mental problem and then, you know, they go to a doctor and they get put on medication and that more or less keeps them almost in a zombie-like state, but it doesn't address the causes of their mental illness. I was I was looking up, like Dr. Dr. Twin was talking about the physical illnesses and how that can maybe exacerbate or even cause the mental illness. And I was doing a little research on, on some brain disorders like uh, Parkinson's, for an example, because a lot of our seniors develop that. And in researching, I found that it is triggered often by a deep emotional trauma. So if the emotional state of a person actually changes their biochemical reaction in their bodies and affect, affects their brain chemistry. And so the mental illness becomes a physical illness because of a brain malfunction, but the root of it is the emotional disturbance. Yes. Are our mental health providers able to focus on the root causes of the emotional disturbance rather than treat the physical manifestation with medication. <laughs> yes. And that may alter the behavior because it more or less puts them in a zombie-like state where they feel nothing, but it doesn't deal with the cause of the problem in the first place. What can you tell me about that? Is there, is there more of a holistic approach to mental there, illness now? There, that, is a, that is a great question, Naima. And... That is what the Lincoln Option Center, that's how we differ um, from, you know, most of our um, community mental health center partner agencies because we focus on the cause of your presenting to the community mental health center. People will come to you wanting to get a psych evaluation because they feel that they need education management. They want to get prescription, psychotropic prescription medication, because they feel that that's the, the buzz is if I have medication, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But you're not addressing the why. Yeah. Therapy helps you address the why. And when you come to the Lincoln Option Center, 
You have to have therapy. Even if you're going to, if you have a, a psychiatric evaluation, and it is deemed necessary that you are given a prescribed medication at a low dosage, monitor it over time, every 30 days, make sure that those symptoms are reduced. So that is what therapy will do. And that's where our focus is to reduce the symptoms of that diagnosis that you've been given, depression, anxiety, uh, you know, any of those DSM-5 diagnoses except, except for schizophrenia. We know that that is something that you're definitely going to have to have medication for. Mm. But if you're coming in for depression, you may not necessarily need medication. You need coping strategies to help you manage the reason why you are depressed. And that, alongside with the medication, can give you that balance. Then you can get off that medication you've gotten, the tools that you need through therapy, being very focused on your goals and objectives, because that's going to get you back to your why you are here. Why are you depressed? Why do I have anxiety? You are focusing on that so that you can have reduced symptoms, because all of this is a symptom. That's an emotion. Yeah. And you are, we are the same, and everyone should be focusing on the why am I hyped? Why am I crying all the time? Why am I doing whatever it is that you are doing sad? Focus on those symptoms to reduce it, and that is where good therapy and good uh, mental health will will come in, the practice, the effective practice. Mm. So I'm so glad that you asked that question because Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the best way to, to tackle mental health and, and to empower someone to understand their diagnosis. And if they have a medical condition, understand that medical condition and how that medical condition can cause the anxiety and the depression, which now becomes a mental health. Mm. That's why the integrated care program is so important. It is so important. Yeah. So we do not push medication. Uh, that is, you know, that's not what we do. We're not the private practice. So you can't come to the Lincoln Option Center and think every 30 days you're going to just see the psychiatrist and get a prescription refill and not have therapy because it doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm going to work. You know, Dr. Debbie mentioned something earlier when we were talking about suicide, how some cultures even encourage that or or cause it to happen because there's such a deep fear of public shame. And I, I think I mentioned this before. I remember when I, when I visited my daughter in South Korea and we went to take the subway, and there's a glass wall on the platform between the, tra- the train tracks and the train so that you never have access to the tracks. And when the train stops, there's just a, it stops right at the door opening of this this uh, you know this glass wall, and then the door opens, you know, door slides open at the same time the train door slides open, and then you get on the train. But the passengers never have access to the tracks. And and I said, well, that's interesting. And she said, oh yeah, they they built that because people were 
jumping in front of trains to commit suicide. They, they were having such a high rate of suicide. You know, people would be distressed if, if their business failed or they were failing in school. And so the train became a common means of taking one's life, so they had to bar people's access to the train tracks so they couldn't kill themselves. And I thought, oh, that's awful. But in that culture, there's a high uh, fear of public shame, and you just feel like, I, 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 I can't disgrace myself, my family, I'd rather die. So when you have situations like that where it is almost culturally accepted to kill oneself rather than face what's perceived as disgrace, how do you, how do you help a person see that as mentally ill, you wanting to destroy your life? Because, like, everybody's doing it, or anybody who gets in this situation will do this. This is what you're expected to do. You, you're, not supposed to, you're not expected to face being shamed, is there a way to, to, to I guess, reclassify uh, suicide as not something honorable to do, but something that really is mentally ill? Well, I, I think what, what the stigma of having a mental illness is what uh, the education of, of having a mental illness and taking the stigma all of you to say that I don't want anybody to know that I'm feeling this way because mm. they're going to think I'm crazy mm. and not being accepted. So the stigma has caused people to move into a space of uh, self-inflicted harm, wow. which is self-directed, I should say, self-directed harm and suicide. And we are now, um, you know, and the scholars are now trying to, to dispel the myth that uh, uh, accepting that you have uh, a less acceptable to society uh, error on yourself, okay, horror on yourself. I have a mental illness, but that doesn't mean that I'm any different from you. So I should not be treated differently. I should be accepted as you are accepted, but you may not accept your mental illness. I'm accepting mine. People, everyone is walking around with something every day. Everyone gets depressed about something, and you know, in, in your life balance. Something is making you become unbalanced. If you stay there in that space of I don't want anybody to know it's taken over, my life, and I don't want to live anymore, that's a totally different situation right there. And that's where that suicidal ideation comes into into play, where you can just have that thought. Having the thought of something and having a plan to execute is two different things. Mm. So you are planning in your head to yeah, absolutely. and have a plan to execute. That's some serious stuff right there. But if you're just casually saying it, that's that silent killer that Dr. Luke Spring was talking about. Mm. You can get up every day and have have a bad day, or tomorrow have a bad day, and say, I, I just don't want to get up anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't this. That's a silent killer because if you continue to say those things to yourself and feel in that way, that will empower, that will not empower you to give well. Mm. 
But the stigma is for that stigma is to accept where we are in our time, <clears throat> present time and place, and know that there is help for that. There is no way that we're going to go through life without having a trigger every day. Every day brings about a different trigger. But don't get stuck on the, the stigma that, you know, I can't be accepted because I have a mental illness. And I think the pandemic really gave a lot, empowered a lot of people to accept what they are right now with their anxiety and depression. That's why we have more, pe- more and more people coming into, uh, into care and getting treatment because they've accepted where they are. But suicide ideation is very dangerous if you have uh, a plan of action to execute. Oh, wow. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to add, I just want to add to this, um, uh, holistic, uh, therapy is, is a very, uh, um, let's just say one of the best, I, I think, uh, holistic therapy. It's not just, as you said, uh, being totally, uh, devoted to medications or chemicals to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. As I always tell my patients, I told them, I said, you know, there's not a pill for behavior. There's not a pill for attitude. There's mm-hmm. not a pill for characteristics. Yeah. There's not a pill for a view of life. Yeah. There's not there's not a pill for that. So you you have to have balance in your being. And, and that's what I, I found out just as I've been in this field that the imbalances uh, from the mind and the heart and the spirit then causes those uh, erratic uh, thought patterns because we know um, that when a person has made a plan in place to uh, take their life in some way, some form of fashion, they are emotional. They are no longer, they're no longer logical. The logic went into putting the plan together, yes, right. but the emotions are the ones that are out of control. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And uh, the emotional mind is linked uh, to the inner child mind because that's mm-hmm. where it is. So it's a lot of inner child trauma, you know, that has been lived out through the adult life, and there uh, apparently there's no self-awareness. I believe that. Uh, a person loses their ability to thrive when they're in that area um, because that's when they look at things being totally um, impossible. Yeah. When you look at it, you, you're no longer a problem solver. You, you, you remove yourself from looking at life solutions, but you just constantly, again, focusing on the have-nots. And we know that there's many, many options to, to look at things from a different platform of life because if the perception doesn't change, it's just going to continue the same type of cycling. Uh, in depression, in anxiety, uh, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Every time they that cycling, they come out of one cycle, it may, uh, you know, what they call let up, for example, for six months, even a year, but anytime, any type of situation that happens, if they are not mentally or emotionally strong enough, they go right back down into, I call it the rabbit hole. And the rabbit hole is dark. There's no, 
there's no uh, light there so they can really see themselves. I truly believe that a person loses their identity within themselves. If they never had it, like, you know, clients and patients I talk to, I never knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought I was this person that was supposed to do things for other people. I've never done anything for myself. Mm-hmm. So they had low self-worth, low self-esteem, codependency, and those areas right there are not, uh, you know, building up the self but taking away, taking away from the self. And that's just within the person's human, uh, you know, ability to understand themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have higher power to for guidance, then that's when things definitely get to the point of no return. And, so you know, it's, 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 a, it's definitely a process thing. And, you know, I want to say this, too. Um, one of the, the things that I think would be uh, empowering is uh, say if you and I had a family, you or I had a, a family member that was struggling with, with something, uh, a depression or whatever they're going through, rather than in years ago we used to just hide that person, you know, from from every other family member. We knew something was going on with that person, lock them in the closet, you know, we had to of crazy Uncle Joe up in the closet. But crazy Uncle Joe is not in the closet anymore. He's right or in the attic. He's, you know, he's walking side by side with us. And we need to be more supportive of uh, our family members when you're going through something because rather than to say just get over it, encourage them to get treatment. And encourage them to speak to someone that is, in a position to help them and in a non-biased way because we can be very biased when it's our people that are close to us because we don't want to deal with what they're going through. And that's where that stigma stays there. You know, I'm shaming my family. I know that I have, I'm not feeling well, but I can't talk to them because they're not accepting what, where I am right now in my, in my space and place. So that is where I go back to that stigma, and 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 you know we can be the, our own, our family's own worst enemies too. We're not, you know, the, we shouldn't enable that stigma to live within them. You know, that presence needs to go away. So we need to be uh, empowering and 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 encouraging people to get our family, our loved ones, to get to get to treatment, and that will help with that suicidal, that silent suicidal ideation. Mm. You know, when you mentioned that about the, how we yeah. lock away the the person in the family who had a, a problem, I think right. about that scene in, in the movie Soul Food. Yeah. And then, you know, the, 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 the crazy Uncle Joe, whatever, he was, you know, locked up in, the, in his room, never left his room, and... I mean, that they just brought him his food, and that was his life, you know. And, of course, you knew it was something. Either he had dementia or whatever, but that was how they dealt with it. They just, you know, kept him. No one dealt with it. No one dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there are a lot of families like that, where you know there's a person who can't function, and nobody, and there's a stigma about mental illness, so nobody deals with it, nobody talks about it. You just keep them away from everybody, and that's just how the family has adjusted. Yeah. 
So, so have, have we evolved from that uh, today? Tell me, are we still doing that? We got Trey yes. Temple Joe in the attic or yes. the basement? Yes, you'd be surprised. You would be surprised. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow. I believe it is. <laughs> I believe it is. It's well, still too high from your cell. You don't need that medication. You don't know if they need that medication if you're on it, you know, but the medication and therapy will, will get them better. So, you know, you know, let the professionals help you help your, your loved one. Mm. we got to take another break, but when we come back, Dr. Mm. Debbie, I'd, li- I'd like to look at a lot of people are afraid when they see somebody out in public and, you know, they're, they're talking to themselves, they don't have an earpiece in, so, you know, <laughs> they're not having a conversation with somebody. But but there's a fear that that person could suddenly become violent. And that's why, you know, people will call the police on somebody who is talking to themselves because there's fear that that means that could erupt into harming someone else. People who are not in, 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 in mental health, and you all are, but people who are not, they're afraid of that. And, and yeah. so we criminalize people who are, who are mentally ill. Yeah. You know, maybe you maybe all can tell us, should we be or should we not fear them? You know, what are signs that someone could be violent? Well, well, we'll talk about that when we get back. And, of course, if you're on our switchboard now and have a question, don't wait till five minutes before it's time to go because you won't have time to speak. Press 1 now. And get your question or comment to Doctors Green, Doctor Debbie, and Doctor Twin. Uh, no relation, maybe, maybe it could be, <laughs> but we want you to call us five one five six zero five nine three two five and press. Oh, we do have a we do have a caller in the queue. Uh, and again, we are uh, discussing on uh, soulful solutions with Doctor Debbie Green. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Twin Green, and her organization is planning a big gala to, uh, of course, raise funds and highlight awareness on treatment for mental illness. And we are taking a look at suicide and the death that comes from one's own hand and its connection to mental illness. How can we help? So we will be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places? meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel. Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak. Hi, this is John Alexander. 
and I'm Naima Latif. Meet people like you who are making a positive difference in the world. Big difference. Watch us every day on The Media Connection at www.youtube.com slash TV. YouTube it. We'll see you soon. There are people who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference, too. Be inspired. Watch the Media Connection. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Tuesdays at 12 noon on Cable TV Channel 19 in Chicago. and other cities, check your local cable listings. Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down to earth solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul, whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. Take advantage of the deal of the day. Go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. Uh, 
call in 515-605-9325 or if you are on our uh, Facebook and YouTube page, uh, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green, write your comments in and share them with our viewing audience. And 312-833, give us your name and your question as it relates to mental illness and suicide. Oh, okay, all right, we win. God and the people win. Uh, this is Minister uh, Robert Floyd Plump, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And uh, uh, thank you for uh, uh, taking my call uh, for us all. Uh, it was great to see you, Sister Name, Latif, Aslam Lakeham, Wayorn Yashalom. That means we are one in God. Uh, as yeah. uh Rainbow Push Coalition this week. Yes, yes. very, very uh, powerful event. Yes, it was. I think yes. I've had, uh, and still possibly might be in that type of situation, not suicide, of course, but in stress, you know. Uh, so I wanted to know from either uh, Dr. Twin, uh, uh, Twin Green or Dr. Debbie Green, uh, I like to uh, think of both of them as a part of the uh, problems of solvers or solutions. Uh, I do drumming, you know, with the 63rd Street uh, drummers, and I want to know if they think that uh, drumming might be a part of a, a therapy for uh, brothers or sisters or men, women, and children to be uh, a part of the solution of a situation that might be, uh, uh, you know, stressful, uh, stressful for people or uh, uh, possibly in a mental uh, illness situation to become, uh, you know, uh, a part of the solution through drumming, mm, you know, and calling the ancestors uh, well, that, together. Do I that. think music in general, uh, I think, sometimes can be therapeutic. Thank you, Minister Plump. You know, also, Minister Plump is a, is a war veteran. And uh, I know a lot of our, our veterans walk around uh, with PTSD and look for ways to soothe themselves. So music, drumming, you know, humming even, are, are, are there ways to actually help the mind? What would you say? I, I, I would say yes. Um Anything that therapeutically, uh, if you use it in a in a, uh, a space of, of therapy for their therapy services, uh, in a therapeutic way, with that focus there to um, create a calming uh, effect and put a person in another space uh, to. to distract them from what they're presently feeling, the levels of anxiety from another situation. Anytime you have an opportunity to present something different that is uh, good, that will make them feel good, that is always welcoming as part of the solution. Mm. I, you know, I applaud you uh, for presenting something like that to society because we use art therapy, we use music for therapy, we use, you know, all kinds of, of, of strategies uh, to combat 
uh, and reduce those symptoms uh, that, that we're feeling uh, so that we can get better. And, uh, and drama, um, you never know where that can take you. You can, you know, take you in the, into a, a place where you think you're somebody else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I would, and actually I would like True. to yes. actually witness your, your drama program, you know? Because with, that's it's like drumming, something. like with uh, oh, drumming. You said drama. Drumming, drumming okay. yeah. Drumming. Well, that's music. Yes, music, right, music therapy. I'm sorry, yeah, drumming, yes, because we, you know, we need all of those kinds of um, diversions, you know, to empower us, and then that will just make us like ourselves better because now we know how to do something different, and the beat of the drum, uh, it's like the beat beat to your heart. Yes, yes, yes. you're becoming more in sync with yourself. So, yeah, I I say yes. And I know they use music therapy a lot of times with children who are disturbed or even autistic. You know, they, they, I've Mm -hmm. I've seen they use music therapy, different kinds of sounds. Well, art and music therapy. It's Mm -hmm. soothing. Yeah. It's soothing. Yeah. Dr. Green, I yield to you. It is. And it also, because is. pressure with your hands. So, and uh, one thing, you know, just from my experience, a lot of times we hold things inside, and anytime hand-eye coordination is always good, especially when we're we applying the pressure. I know some of the adolescents, uh, we often suggest to their families that they, uh, you know, get into some type of contact sport if they are having issues with anxiety or even behavior of uh, defiance, um, and that is a way that they can act out their emotions. So I can I can imagine that drumming, depending on, like if he's talking about the bongo drumming or drumming with the sticks or whatever, but it helps to uh, express and act out emotions in the drums. Like when anytime you're applying pressure to anything, it, it really, it really helps that person tremendously. Uh, now, now, what, what about that therapy? And I don't know what it's called, or uh, if there's a name for it. But when someone is really angry and they give them a stick and have them beat a, uh, you know, beat a bag or something like that, you know, one of those big, you know, medicine bags or whatever, you know. But they, but they take their anger out by beating something, which may represent the person that they're angry at. I don't know what that therapy is called, but <laughs> when you when you when you're so mad you want to hit somebody, but they have you hit a thing to to, to release the anger. Is, is there a name for that? It's probably associated with anger management. All I know is punching bags. Yeah, like punching bags. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So is that what punching bags uh, are for? To you know, release anger so that you don't hit a person. Yeah, bags are for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than hit someone, you hit that thing to get that, you know, to release that aggression. Yeah, that's interesting. So now the the thing with, like you mentioned, suicide, of course, is self harm. If and and Dr. Debbie, you've dealt with a lot of 
murder suicides where a person is really suicidal, but they decide to take everybody with them, which you know it's, it's obviously there's there's a, a level of mental illness where they just snap, but when someone is mentally ill, like you know we were talking about the person that you know talks to themselves or whatever, how do you know? If that person is a danger to someone else, if, especially if they're if they're living a reality that's in their own mind, maybe walking around talking to themselves, maybe reliving a thing that they went through, and you see them walking around, they're hitting at the air and you know screaming at somebody who's not there. Is that a person who is dangerous and should be contained? I've seen those kind of people get arrested if they're sitting around, you know, minding their own business, even though they're in their own head. But people are afraid of them because the fear is they could suddenly, in their own delusion, turn violent at some innocent stranger. Is that a possibility or or not? Or would each person have to be, I guess, evaluated? So a schizophrenia Thank <laughs> you. 
talking to someone else. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Why, like, why, why are you disturbing yeah. my peace? Why are you disturbing my peace? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. And it's best to leave them alone. Like you said, cross the street. Those people that have a mental illness, that they're just depressed. You know, the, the, 
those people are not the people that are running around just massively killing people. They're killing people. It's not everybody. It's right. They're killing others and they're killing themselves because of, you know, whatever they're going through. But it is not because they have a diagnosed mental illness that. Mm. That's should get associated with gun violence. All because what's going to happen, that stigma will say to people that do have a valid mental illness, they will not want to go and get help because they're locked in and viewed as those those killers. You're putting gun violence and mental mm-hmm. illness in the same context, and you cannot do that because we are trying to get people to understand the difference in gun violence. Gun violence is an intentional act. Suicide is a self-directed act. Mental illness is over here by itself. They may have been depressed, but to go that far, to go and start shooting up people, that stems from something else. That stems from hate. And that is not a mental illness, and you cannot hide behind a mental illness that you have acted in such a way that it's taken someone else's life. I think our society tries to figure out how to mm-hmm. prevent gun violence by linking it to mental illness as if yeah. to say, well, if we can catch this mentally ill person before they go and shoot people, then we can prevent the crime. But like you say, the people who are doing these mass shootings and things like that, they don't have any history of mental illness. And I notice how there's always a rush to try to find something in their past. Did they ever go to a therapist? Did they ever show depression? Were they on any kind of medication? They're always an attempt to try to link those crimes to mental illness as if to say, well, a normal person wouldn't do that. And yet the people who are doing it are the ones who are walking around every day considered normal. Like you say, anger is not a mental illness, rage is not a mental illness, hate is not a mental illness. So the people who are doing these things, they're so-called in their right mind, and they go and buy a gun and very calculated the decision, I'm going to kill these people for whatever reason is in their head. But there's nothing, there's no warning. I guess that's what people are terrified of. They want there to be some kind of warning sign that someone's going to commit a shooting, and there aren't any. And, and, and usually when the person does it, the neighbors and, and friends will say, but they were, they were so quiet or, you know, they, they kept it themselves. Or it, was always, it, was, it was always something where it was uh, behavior that was very non-recognizable, nothing strange about them at all yeah. that people could see. That's what people are afraid of. And even the the, the, the the lobbyists for gun safety laws, they're saying, well, we need to have background checks to make sure this person doesn't have any mental illness. And it's not, not the mentally ill that are that are shooting people. So that's right. That's right. That's, 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I um, was actually on a panel um, back in, in March. Uh, our newly elected uh, congressman, uh, Jonathan Jackson, of the 1st Congressional District, uh, within his first 100 days, uh, did something that no one else had been able to do in, in, in all, all these, these uh, elected officials that are representing uh, the state of Illinois. Dick Durbin was, Senator Dick Durbin was actually there, but this is not something that he had even uh, 
done in, in all of the years that he's been there was to bring the uh, uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier uh, Becerra. Mm-hmm. And we were at Kennedy King College mm. and also brought uh, Michael uh, Cavanarchi, the director of uh, Health and Human Services, was on the panel. Um, and uh, and so the, the, the topic for that discussion was community, it was a community roundtable on mental health and gun violence. Mm. And there's been a lot of legislation trying to be, you know, get passed where they were linking, the, linking those two together, you know, and I had to uh, share how it should not be a statement put together, that, that concept doesn't work together because of self-directed violence, suicide, and, and, and how hate is not a mental illness and these mass shootings, you know, you can't say that someone with a mental illness is, you know, that person is going to be the the one that you need to go and look for because that's going to be the person that's going to go around killing everybody. Mm. No. You know, and so we had a very powerful hour on that and they left uh, that round table discussion really understanding that we have a lot of work to do to Happens when a group of people are kidnapped. 
We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom.
D. Renee Jackson, circuit judge. Honorable John A. Thurman, the circuit judge. Honorable Nicole Patty, circuit judge. Calvin Jordan, this township supervisor. Anita Stell, Con Ed, external affairs manager. David Berkey, CEO of the Illinois Health Practice Alliance. Mayor Sheila Charles Curry, village president of Madison. And Stephen Bauer from the U.S. Department of Labor. We are going to have a red carpet walkway hosting, red carpet media, photography, come out, dress to impress. This is a show stopper. It is going to be held on July 29th at the Olympia Field Country Club, which is the most uh, breathtaking private club in the South Cook County area, and they are actually having the BMW come to stop them with their sit-out exclusive display here. Mm. Tickets are $100. Everything goes to uh, our programs and services because we are a community mental health center, and there are a lot of needs within that, uh, that space of mental health, addiction treatment, social determinants of health. Uh, we bridge families back together. And we need your support. Tickets, if you want to purchase tickets, tickets are still available. You can go to our website, www.link-option.com, or you can call our office at 708-331-8111 and ask to speak to PAC. www.link-option.com or 708-331-8111. This is an event that you do not want to miss. I'm dressed from fresh and have a good time. All right. And again, that is Saturday, July 29th. And uh, that's the last Saturday of the month. So that's Saturday, July 29th. And again, when does it start? What time? 6 p.m. Oh. Okay, wear, wear your wear your evening gown and your tuxedo and your 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 snazzy suit and your high heels and shine shoes and and recently done hair and nails and all that stuff. Do I? That's right. Dress like you're going to the Oscars. <laughs> this, this should really be a fabulous event, and we we love to dress up and we love to 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 look fabulous and everything. But also it's for a good cause, and we know that there is a lot of help that's needed, and we need to be able to, to pay our mental health professionals to help people who may not have the means to pay our mental health professionals, but we still want them to get treatment. So all of this goes to support really what is, is helping our collective community. If there's one of us that's sick, then all of us are sick. It's like we are all cells in the body of God. And if one of us is, is sick, then the whole body is sick. It's like we can't feel comfortable if there are people in our midst that are mentally ill because it is going to affect our whole environment. So we have to care and we have to reach out and we have to remove the stigma of mental illness so that when people know that they're not feeling well, know that they're, 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 they've reached that point of, of, of breakdown, that they don't feel ashamed to ask for help. I think that's been the biggest thing is the stigmatizing of people when they need help. 
and certain words in our vocabulary like crazy and other things that that have no place we need to eliminate you know if a person is going through a mental health crisis then they should have compassion it's like if you broke a leg you wouldn't ridicule somebody whose leg was broken someone's heart is broken you know from a, a, a grief a loss you know something that has just hurt them badly and they're suffering inside they they deserve compassion and they deserve to be able to get the help that these wonderful professionals are trained to provide. So, again, give us that phone number to call in for tickets and that website. The phone number is 708-331-8111. Our website is www.blink-option.com. And if you cannot attend and you still want to support us through donation, please do so. Yes. We would love to have you there, but we would love your support financially as well. Absolutely. And we will forever be grateful. Yeah. Give <laughs> yeah, if you can't go. That's right. If you can't go. Like <laughs> well, let me open the mic. We got a couple of callers here. Uh, um, let's start out with area code seven seven three seven three seven. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your question for Dr. Debbie and Dr. Twin Green. Well, hallelujah. Greetings, Global Transformers. Grand Rising. Grand Rising in Chicago. Yes, ma'am. Um, I I'm glad you said hate and a plan to commit mass murder that is carried out is not a mental illness. Mental illness is when people don't uh, know what they're doing and they start talking to themselves. And other people cross the street. They're living in their own minds. <laughs> However, I think untreated hard mind poverty and subjugated race damage is different from mental illness because it comes from 346 years of federal slavery crimes against humanity and Jim Crow genocide of a people who have never been made whole with reparations. Now, I call it the subjugated syndrome. You don't uh, hear other people talking about their slanted eyes. Um, and you don't uh, hear other people talking about the nappy hair and thick and, and big lips and black skin. And when I was growing up, I heard adults saying things like, "Oh, those two, those people, two black people can't get married because the children will be too black." See, that subjugated syndrome kind of damage is unique to that group based on what has happened to them, but no other race of people uh, are engaged in that kind of self-mutilation uh, uh, that we have been culturally conditioned to, to, to do because of the images that have been uh, put before us. But in, in conclusion, I was thinking about what uh, John Brown said. John Brown was about to be hung for helping the, the slaves. And he said, well, um, you could dispose of me very easily. As a matter of fact, I'm already disposed of. But this question, this Negro question, the end of that is not yet. So I'm very concerned 
when we raised when NAA, Indigenous Native American Africans, raise their hands and say, I'm mentally ill, like I got schizophrenia and I need to be medicated and not uh, dealing with the intergenerational epigenetics inheritance DNA because of the never-ending trauma that we have uh, been under uh, through governmental policies, plans, and laws. So uh, I think that this is the perfect uh, answer to this question. This Negro, raise your hand, say how crazy you are, because if they put you in jail, you might break the chains and get out one day. But if they put you in a mental institution where you are constantly medicated and where uh, you have... Uh, you become a an adult ward property of the state. Not that is the solution. That we have to be careful that we don't go along with it because we're got a hand up. Because when we had the balance was a black face, we know how that turned out for us. But we got our mm. hand up. Oh, I'm mentally ill. I'm mentally ill. Please make me an adult ward property of the state. So well, you know, Mama that? D. Um, you know, Mama D. You you raised the issue with, and I guess, and thank you so much for your call, of course, Mama D. But you know, she is definitely one who's been championing the the rights of the downtrodden and been a, a, a you know our, our fourth Saturday host here on the Female Solution, but. I guess that that brings forth the question, if a person is growing up in a society where they're always treated mean, maybe for whatever reason, uh, maybe their particular group is stigmatized or whatever, can that create a chronic state of depression? Can that lead to depression that can evolve into suicidal behavior or such self-contempt where you don't enjoy your life or you feel worthless? just being in that environment perpetually, can, can that drive you to a state of mental illness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just imagine yourself in that. Okay. Yeah. All you have to do is imagine your life being in that situation, that space, in that place. Mm. No. I mean, I, I was at a seminar where they were talking about cyberbullying and how a lot of young people are committing suicide because they, they're being bullied. They're, they're having people, you know, say, and it's even worse when it's online, people saying awful things about you and people laughing at you and ridiculing you. And young people don't have the emotional uh, strength, ability, and confidence to combat that. So just being in that environment where you're allowed to be made fun of and maybe adults not really – coming to your defense or paying attention and how that's affecting our young people. So do you see the world of identity right. Yeah. That transfers right there. Absolutely. We got another call on the line. Might be able to squeeze through before our last minute. Uh eight seven two three three seven. Got about thirty seconds to make your question or comment. Go right ahead. 
Well, I want to say that um, trauma uh, uh, is depresses. And it's, uh, that, um, they, and they said mental so illness, if, you, if it's always somebody else's fault and never your fault, then that's a sign of mental illness. But I do know that um, it's mostly disgusting when you're dark-skinned anyway because you, you get discriminated and, and, and punished by your own color. So that can cause a, a mental unbalance because you're not balanced when you're uh, traumatized. So if you're always somebody else's fault and never your fault, that is a, a form of mental illness. But the reason why I call mainly is because I need someone to help uh, with the homeless other than uh, collect money and, and say they're doing something for the homeless because at this point, I'm in transition and I've been helping the homeless a lot. Now I have five homeless people that that were illegally dispossessed from their home with no five-day notice or anything. And I, it's too much for me because I cannot facilitate the need. And the social worker that was in the community, this lady, 67 years old, she lived in the private house, not in a subsidized house. The owner, the Mexican owner of the building across the street from me put boards up to her door and she was just walking. She had no family. She was walking the street and she would see somebody knocked her upside the head, busting her on. She, she doesn't drink or anything like that. She smokes cigarettes, but that's no reason for nobody to bust her head. But when you're in transition, people have a tendency to label you at point of finger, but that lady did nothing to nobody. So on the door, she didn't owe any money. But see, the thing is, she needs a housekeeper. Instead of them uh, helping her with services, they punish her, which caused more stress on her, which will cause that is mental happening. illness. That is happening. Well, Rush, yeah, we're going to call you after help. the show. We're going to call you after the show yeah, so we can get more into that and, 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 and find some resources to help. And... Uh, you know, often poverty is, is criminalized uh, because, you know, and I can see how that would even drive a person to over the edge. When you don't have money and you end up homeless and you're on the street and people see that you're unkempt, the assumption is that you're mentally ill because you're out here. And then you get treated badly by law enforcement and a lot of that just escalates into into creating a problem for people and creating a state of depression and, and creating rage even because you're being treated badly and you get punished for being treated badly. So well, in the last few minutes, I guess, uh, Dr. Debbie, uh, you and Dr. Green can give us some tips on what we can do when we see people who are in distress and need help, even if they haven't asked for it, how, how do we help them? I would say, um, you know, know your community. Know what resources are within that community. And, uh, you know, reach out to that community partner to inform them that there is someone in need. If you can't do it, know who can. 
And like I said earlier, if you have to call law enforcement, be very about how you present that situation so that that person is not a threat, so that the police will not approach them, I've got to protect myself from them. I'm Mm. coming to help them. So that is very important. How you make that call. How you make that call and know who to call Mm -hmm. in the community that has the resources to help someone that's in need of it. Yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Debbie? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree with that. Uh, again, we can't save the world. We can't save the world. And so um, as I talk to Rashida and I listen to her, I understand you have a great concern with uh, helping everyone, but you need to do them one at a time. Uh, there's no way you're going to be able to do it all because no one can. It doesn't matter how big, you know, or what how big your heart is. It's just that the resources are not there. The resources are not there. But, uh, again, um, you know, let's just be mindful of our actions uh, because depression is real. Anything that can put a person in depression, uh, one step from loss, that can take us there. So just be mindful and take care of yourself. All right, and thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, Facebook for watching. Thank you to YouTube for watching. Please uh, uh, give us a subscribe. Uh, definitely subscribe to our channel and let us know if there's any topics that you may be interested in that uh, we haven't uh, discussed recently or previously. And I thank you so much, uh, Dr. Green, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I definitely got, uh, I wish I'd known previously because I would have been at JK Riley, but uh, <laughs> Can't, can't quite get a plane ticket in time. <laughs> and give us that website again. show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. 
On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jaret, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.